Hello and welcome to Episode Party, a podcast about our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tutor. And this week we are joined by Caitlin Durante of the Beckdale cast. Hey! Hello! Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Right, let's go for it. Jack, you are first up with your recommendation this episode what have you got for us? Yes. So, my recommendation is uh, Seriously, which is a podcast from the BBC that describes itself as a rich selection of documentaries aimed at relentlessly curious minds, which I've enjoyed for quite a while now, maybe over a year. And it's something that I dip into uh, pretty frequently just for a little surprise. It's like a little podcast pick and mix. There's documentaries of all kind of shapes and sizes on, on uh, a variety of different topics. Um, I've had a fraught time trying to get a recommendation to to the both of you. Um, it seems that the BBC seems keen on eradicating all the episodes I love. Uh, so <laughs> I started off wanting to talk about an episode called Journeys in Afrofuturism, which in my nascent understanding of it is like a cultural movement that brings together ancient african imagery with a futuristic or otherworldly element i I thought the episode was really interesting that's gone there's an amazing one on uh, apex twin which i'm very fascinated by that's gone um they all started to disappear (laughs) luckily there's plenty of seriously episodes that i really like um the one i picked out for both of you is one on slow art so basically art that takes a a long duration of time to unfold um and that's a topic that i've been really interested in for quite some time i love i I basically i love it if anyone tells me a piece of music lasts for three or four hours that's really exciting to me i would listen to the whole thing but in concept really excited so i love that this podcast uh, generally is stylistically inconsistent so you have a different host every single time who brings their own tone and direction to each episode so you've got um, the Slow Art episode I recommended is hosted by Lindsay Chapman, who hosts uh, Spring Watch, which is... Uh, Freddie, I've never watched Spring Watch, right? But I understand it's about nature in spring. Is that right? It's in the UK. Yeah, I mean, you say that like I'm an expert. I've not, e- <laughs> I've not watched uh, Spring Watch either, but my understanding is it's a BBC show about nature. They have a few that are quite similar, but I think Spring Watch Watch. has been going on for some time. Yeah, so, yeah, we've exhausted our knowledge on that. But I like the idea that they pick someone who deals with something that evolves so gradually. I have to confess, I think the episode itself moves too quickly, like in terms of the style and the way of production. It skips along (laughs) at quite a pace, and I just wanted it to linger for a little bit too long. I think there's like a BBC kind of edge, which is curbing everything a little bit for radio i just i don't think they want people in their car listening to like a minute of morton feldman and then going oh come on and you know wanting someone to come in and talk so um i think that's why that's happened but there's a lot like i say there's a lot of episodes i like and they do um experiment quite a lot with the format there's episodes that incorporate uh poetry and literature i mean there's a great one on uh high-rise buildings and the advent of um the grenfell tower fire which explored the lives of people who live in high-rise buildings and the way it was done was almost had like a a strange sort of vertiginous quality to it it kind of floated between interviews and um, wove in different um, literary perspectives on living in high-rise buildings and I thought the whole thing just had this kind of sense of dizzy height about it Um, basically the the reason I keep coming back to this as well as its eclecticism is uh, Rihanna Dillon who is essentially the host, the main host of Seriously. So she introduces each episode and then she's there at the end to express her own thoughts on it as well. And I love what she brings to the podcast as a way of kind of bookending the whole thing and having like a, just a thread of consistency running through it. She's almost like the, I don't know, she, she basically brings the exploratory spirit that I really like about Seriously. Um, so I enjoy it, I think, as a summary of that. Uh, Freddie, what do you make of Seriously? 
Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Seriously. I, I, I've been listening to it for a long time, so it was nice that we 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 got it in here eventually. Um, I didn't manage. I did manage to catch the uh, Journeys in Afrofuturism episode before the BBC deleted it off the face of the earth, and I have no idea why that's happened. <laughs> but um, I did have a chance to listen to that one, um, and I've listened to a fair few others as well. And and I, I couldn't. I don't really know what what more I can add to your your praise for it. Really, be you know the the idea that they're they're so different, but they seem to somehow come together in this like nice series. I think is um, uh, works really well, and I think that is testament to Rihanna Dillon, who you mentioned, who yeah. is a is a really good host. And I feel like you get taken to all these kind of crazy, weird, and wonderful places with with seriously. You, you know, you're exploring all these things that you've not necessarily considered before or thought about. And she's a brilliant uh, host in the sense that she feels like she's kind of taking you by the hand and and guiding you through it in a way that doesn't feel so crazy. Um, and it's nice that she kind of brings in her kind of like her own opinions on things yeah. rather than just kind of reporting on them from afar. It feels a lot more personal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's like we we always seem to talk about BBC podcasts as being this kind of bastion of Britishness and just the, the way that we kind of explore the world from our own <laughs> weird little worldview. Um, but I, I I really really like it, and um, I, you know, it's one of these these shows that I kind of dip in and out of because some just don't interest me at all, and others really really interest me. And then I have to remember that it's better that I listen to the ones that ostensibly don't interest me and actually those are probably the more interesting ones in the end um because they're actually like the stuff that i don't know about rather than the stuff that i do know about um so it's pretty good in that sense for broadening your worldview to an extent it's probably not perfect by any means but it's really really good so yeah i'm a big fan caitlin what do you think so first i just want to say that jack you were like oh i wish that um they hadn't rushed through, you know, everything so quickly on this episode. So basically you wanted this episode about slow art to be slow art (laughs) that you wanted it to be slower and more representative of the content that it was talking about. Totally. Um, So I just wanted to point out that uh, hilarious thing that uh, you said. Um, (laughs) This is so jack. (laughs) Well, I think the the thing is, is that they they talk a lot about Morton Feldman, whose music is silly. Like when you listen to it over the duration that it exists, it starts to feel really surreal. And obviously, I don't think that they could just break in the middle of a documentary to give you like five hours of Morton Feldman. But uh, there's... I think it doesn't take long to just get the slightest tingle of, oh, I feel very stranded now. Like I've been to gigs of his music where it's very surreal what happens to your sense of time and also how self-conscious you feel about your breathing and taking a sip of your drink and stuff like that. So I just wanted like a little Mm. little tingle of that is all I wanted. Yeah. So this is the, I wasn't familiar with this podcast before. uh, So this is the only episode of it that I um, had listened to. So I don't have a whole lot of, context um but for me this episode because it was describing so much of the art that um was being described was like visual Mm. art i feel like it would have worked better as like a mini documentary but because it was just you know an audio podcast i found myself being like wait what are they talking about (laughs) what what's an ash dome like i have no idea what that means i don't know what a rolling crater is or what that looks like when it comes to like an art installation yeah. <laughs> like i was just like what so i think it would have been a really cool like 30 minute or so documentary um or feature whatever but um i found myself having like difficulty and i'm sure like many other episodes of this podcast don't really have this problem i don't totally know because i like i said i hadn't i haven't listened to others but i was just like uh what <laughs> what what is a snail performance look like and and yeah. why it's five to six hours like <laughs> so i struggled a bit with this one i'm not uh gonna lie but um i i do think it would have been cool to to see and i'm also just like more of a visual learner like i i absorb information uh, more easily through visuals so the fact that it was describing very visual things 
but not getting any of those visual aids, I was just like, oh, what is what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I totally get that. I think this, this, is, this is what I mean where I, I wish that they had the... Uh, maybe if it wasn't on radio originally, they could dive into some more surreal places in terms of trying mm-hmm. to evoke the, the visual aspect of it. And I, I think that's what, what I mean when I wanted the whole thing to be basically embodying what it was talking about by being a slow art project itself. Uh, yeah. If they just let, you know, the, the woman who does the, oh, she did that mile long parchment of um, basically what felt like stream of consciousness writing. If they just let her right, roll yeah. for like a minute, you might be like, oh, yeah, I can start to imagine how this is really spanning like quite a long way across the beach. Um, but mm-hmm. they just kind of, you know, give her 20 seconds and they're like, and that's enough of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I want to I wanna feel dwindled by these pieces because I think that's the key sensation. And you're right, so much of it is visual. And in fact, James Turrell, who they talk about, it's all about light and shadow and the sky. And so mm-hmm. you need to do something really quite whizzy with the audio in order to evoke that sense of uh, existing in that situation. And yeah, I get it. Someone just going... Uh, big crater I mean trust me it's oh it's a big crater it just isn't evoking like oh you should see this crater it doesn't do enough you know what I mean yeah so I totally hear you on that but uh hey if they adapt it into a a documentary I'm all I'm there for it but uh, also I'm I'm not a very patient person. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm impatient, but like, I don't know that I would have the patience for, I I don't know which one of you said that you really, you know, if there's like a three or four hour musical piece, you were there for the whole thing. You're going to enjoy the whole, uh, and like, I'd listen to three minutes of it and I'd be like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I've heard enough. So I don't know if I would necessarily have the patience to at least see one of these art pieces, you know, like play out in real time. Like I certainly would not ever go to a snail performance that lasted six (laughs) hours and watch the whole thing. Like I, I would look at it for a minute and I'd be like, cool got it moving on to the next thing so <laughs> I can see where this is headed I, while i do <laughs> while i do find like s- the concept of slow art pretty fascinating i don't know if i would have the patience to actually consume it the way it's meant to be consumed i guess mm. if that makes sense no no I, <laughs> you could be the first person that describes slow art and views and explores slow art in a minute or less that could be, your, <laughs> could be your whole, that's a whole exploration to have yeah no right. i think it is a, a trope of a lot of these kind of conceptual pieces that you go oh cool uh, but i don't want to be there when they actually do it like and i think a lot mm-hmm. of artists do it in that awareness as well i mean particularly that guy from the pogues um who I like, I did right. actually like that bit where he was like, <laughs> maybe when I die, they might be like, oh, thank goodness, I'll just turn this off and that'll be the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think these are all completely uh, valid uh, cr- criticisms of uh, this podcast. And I, in, in my defense, I wish I could have shown an episode that I'd listened to and really enjoyed <laughs> that had a mm-hmm. sonic basis. It's such a shame, actually, that... Um, uh, for example, the Aphex Twin one seems to have vanished. Actually, I should say, it's still available if you're in the UK. I think it's on, like, the radio iPlayer, but um, that's only for us people on the British Isles. They don't, you know, you can't watch that. Well, I or, feel left out. Yeah, I know. Sorry on behalf of the British Broadcasting <laughs> Corporation. A weird, weird thing that we do over here where we exclude people from yeah. good media, apparently. Well, um, Americans are not behaving very well lately, so no. I understand. Uh, you know, um, we're also probably excluding you from some really bad stuff at the same time. So <laughs> in some ways it's protecting you. Let's pick up the pace of it and, and move away from slow art um, uh-huh. to something that I think is uh, it definitely kind of hits you in the face a little bit more. And Caitlin, that's your recommendation. Please, please tell us about it. So my podcast pick was is a podcast called Why Won't You Date Me? with Nicole Byer. The episode that I selected is called Nicole's Pussy Pick That Went Too Far. And her guest is uh, a comedian named uh, Sashir Zamata. So this is a podcast that I recently started listening to and have not even, I haven't gotten the whole way through it yet. So there's, I'm sure, pl- I, I don't know how this episode compares to others in terms of its like wildness, but this is a pretty wild episode <laughs> where, um, so just to give you a little 
background about um the podcast and nicole herself uh she's a comedian who i know here in la she has a show that is now on i think facebook called loosely exactly loosely exactly nicole um she was also featured on i think girl code and you know she's done some other things here and there but she's a really funny improviser and stand-up comic, uh, which is how I know her through stand-up. And she is, you know, big personality, loud, uproarious kind of gal. And I find her to be so funny. So when I found out she had a podcast, I was like, oh, I definitely have to check this out. And it's about how basically she's single forever and she's kind of posing the question, why won't anyone date her? So she tends to get guests who she's like hooked up with before and then she'll be like so we hooked up but why didn't you like keep dating me (laughs) or she will um just bring on a friend or fellow comedian then they just kind of talk about dating in you know the sort of social climate that we live in today and how hard it is and how online dating sucks and how dating in general sucks so um it's just sort of all these conversations surrounding dating specifically in the context of why won't anyone date nicole so that's the the podcast um this episode (laughs) is really wild where they talk at length about um Nicole receiving a dick pic and then sending a picture of her vagina or her vulva. Sorry, um, <laughs> make sure I have the correct terminology. Um, and how like the pers- the recipient who had sent her the dick pic is like, "Ooh, that's too vulgar." And it's like, wait, what do you mean? Yeah. You sent me a dick pic. So they, uh, so they talk about that, and that's where the name of the episode comes from. Um, and then they, you know, talk about other things. Um, they talk about her guest Sashir's relationship. They talk about uh, different conversations that Nicole has had on Bumble and Tinder and dating apps like that. Um, are those are those apps available in the UK? Do people use those? Yeah, at all? yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they they're, they're both pretty popular over here, yeah. Got it, cool. And then they talk about really how close of friends they are and mm-hmm. how much they love each other and how they're sort of <laughs> in a relationship, <laughs> uh, albeit platonic. Um, so it's like, you know, this conversation that, you know, touches on a bunch of different things. But I really like the podcast because, first of all, so few podcasts feature two women of color or like a host who's a woman of color who's just sort of talking about her experience uh because i mean you know and this is not a dig at you but so many podcasts are you know white guys talking um (laughs) so i think that's a great change of pace from what we usually see um i just like that it's largely a podcast about like sex positivity body positivity and kind of looking at relationships through those lenses um and coming from uh you know a woman who's a person of color who talks openly about like being fat and how those things sort of present themselves as challenges when it comes to dating um and i just find all that very fascinating and as someone who is perpetually single myself i off i'm like i i damn i was like why didn't i think of this podcast first (laughs) i uh it's i i just yeah i like listening to it and uh, I like their her her takes on things. So, yeah, that's kind of my spiel about that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um yeah, I I really really loved this show and the and the episode you recommended, uh Caitlin. I oh, um, good. I was I was on like a I was on like a real long drive and it was funny because it's super open and super honest and mm-hmm. like there's, there's no holding back and like on the journey that I, when I was driving, I, I didn't think a thing of it. Like I was in the car, I was on my own and I was listening and I was, found it funny. And, you know, I, I like despaired at bits of it when I was like, oh man, what's this person talking about to her? And all the rest of it. And then, and then I got home and I was like, whoa, I listened to something that like, I can maybe only count on one hand like how many people have been that open and honest about their like sex life and their dating life with yeah, me. Yeah, I, like, I ever. think it's but just also that, that 
Nicole, the host, is a very open person, but yeah, yeah it's, it is pretty rare. But like also like how when I was listening to it in the moment, like it felt so natural and like it wasn't like I didn't feel uncomfortable or shocked in that way. It was like it was kind of like an afterthought that I was like, oh, it's really open. But and yeah. I guess that's like where its strength is. Like it's it's such a it, you know it, it feels like you are in a group of friends chatting about these things. And I think you know mm-hmm. the the fact that they're not pulling any punches as far as like descriptions of stuff and 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 being super honest about how they feel about stuff goes. It's 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 really great in that way. Um, I really like Nicole Byer. Um, I admittedly only know her from uh, the Netflix series Nailed It, um, which I which I watched in a day um, because I was I was a bit sick and I needed something to to, to lift my spirits slightly. And um, I, I I kind of really warmed to her as a, as a as a personality there, and it was cool to hear her talk about her her own life mm-hmm. uh, in in a kind of more intimate kind of way, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm a super big fan of this. It's it's the kind of thing that, um, yeah, like I was just so taken aback about how like uh, natural and, and awesome it was at the time to listen to it. And then afterwards I was like, whoa, if someone had told me, hang on, you're going to sit down, you're going to hear everyone's like someone's intimate details of their dating life that you don't really know. Uh, I probably felt uncomfortable going into that conversation, but actually like it, without knowing about like what was going to happen you know, except for the title of the episode, which probably should have given it away, but didn't for some reason, because I'm just oblivious in that sense. Um, it was, yeah, it's surprisingly natural. And I think that kind of speaks to how, you know, when you get, when you get that open and honest about stuff and you do it with no holes barred, it's, it actually works really, really well. And uh, yeah, it was mm-hmm. just super, super interesting and uh, lovely to listen to. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I mean, I knew I was going to love this from the moment the sponsor ad fired up i mean i've never wanted to buy deodorant so much in my life (laughs) she was just (laughs) straight out of the gates like uh full throttle and uh yeah i i just thought this was wonderful i mean what i should say is i've not really dated i've been in a relationship for about seven years and so i Mm -hmm. think a lot of what was being discussed around you know dating in the age of tinder and bumble etc I haven't had first-hand experience of, I, I know friends who have uh, had experiences with those apps and from what they've told me and from um, uh, what other friends as well, the conversations they've had with my wife, it sounds potentially quite intense and quite relentless. And um, It's a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it sounds, yeah. And there were two key points in the conversation between Nicole and Sashir where it really summed it up for me. I mean, from, from the outside, what I understand to be what makes it such a relentless thing and uh, they talk about the fact that people are not normal online and that's something mm-hmm. that i can relate to obviously i mean you know dialoguing with people online you everyone faces the fire of that mm-hmm. but also they talk about how difficult it is now to, obviously to meet people in real life so it sounds like a real quandary between okay you've got this low odds of actually striking just a authentic interaction with someone in real life and then just this deluge of ridiculous role play and kind of unknown (laughs) etiquette and just this strangeness which obviously they throw right to the surface here and it also feels ridiculous that now they've got so many algorithms driving all these dating apps and yet miscommunication Mm -hmm. seems to be so rife like conflicting intentions over what people want i mean it comes up in this podcast as well in this episode just people wanting different things out of a discussion and it not just being clear at all i mean i can only imagine that to hear someone uh talking about this when i imagine it's very easy when it's about someone's you know relationship intimacy to that that's you know that's potentially quite a private experience that you're exchanging with just that one person if something strange happens or weird I imagine mm-hmm. it could be like, what, what, why, what, why, what, why, how? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. to have a podcast that just goes, look, this is happening. And just so you know, this is also happening to many other people. I imagine that is quite something to go, okay, so this person's going on this crazy roller coaster ride too. And yes, it they've also been on 10 loops and 10 corkscrews, just like me. So I, right. I, I also thought that there's nothing I enjoy more than hearing not only two comedians but two friends uh in conversation about anything really and they they just hit it off so well and uh i found myself grinning from ear to ear at many points 
um, the whole exchange <laughs> about how she fabricates the fact she was a bus driver for 26 years. I thought it was incredible. <laughs> it was great. Um, so, yeah, I will definitely be listening to this again. I think Nicole is incredible and, like, I don't know enough about her, but from what I've heard from this podcast, like, her humour 100% is up my street. So I will definitely That's be great. listening more. Hooray! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Strong reviews all around. I'm glad I picked a good one. Yeah. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's rare that you get like a full house of uh, agreeing people on 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 the show. There's usually one person that's an outlier in terms of what they like or what they don't like. So uh, thanks, Caitlin. That was uh, oh, you're welcome. An awesome recommendation and one that I think neither Jack or I had heard of before, and we, we both love. So uh, it's pretty new. So yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Right, I guess I guess it's time for my recommendation. I kind of had this one uh, knocking around in my podcast feed for a while, and and when I saw your recommendation, Caitlin, I thought, hang on, okay, we can complete the circle here of of relationships mm. and go from that kind of dating phase to the to phase when you're married, um, mm-hmm. and that's and that's what I've got to. Um, so this this podcast is called Couples Therapy with Kay- Candace and Casey, and essentially it's it's it, it, it's a podcast uh, about a marriage and the trials and tribulations of marriage and the good and the bad parts which which sounds pretty pretty normal except for the fact that uh it's between two kind of exceptional and uh, somewhat unusual people in that sense so uh casey neistat is a is a youtuber and someone that i for some reason just started picking up watching a few years ago and i'm now a little bit kind of religious about w- watching everything he puts out and some of it's great and some of it i don't like as much but uh, overall like uh, i i just kind of got really fascinated with the guy and his life and uh, every now and then on on his his vlogs you you'd see his, his wife candace pool and um and you didn't really hear much from her and uh, and people would always be real mean about that in the YouTube comments. I think there's probably a lesson in never reading YouTube comments. But <laughs> so when this podcast came out, I was super intrigued because I was like, okay, finally. So they, they both talk equally in this. This is good. And uh, the first episode was super interesting because they have this long discussion about what it's like to to live in a world where you, you know one half of your relationship is constantly kind of assessing uh situations and whether they'd be good for uh for a youtube video or not and how that feels and again i guess in a way this 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 was uh, a conversation that was uh, extremely honest and raw in places and uh, I think sometimes that that was a good thing and sometimes I felt really uncomfortable but for some reason that's kind of kept me listening because I think I like the, getting the good and the bad from it as, as kind of intrigued me I guess so mm-hmm. I've kind of carried on listening and uh, I'd say like you know sometimes I'm, I kind of wish I'd didn't because i just found the whole thing awkward and sometimes i find the thing really really interesting and really rewarding to listen to um so i kind of just liked hearing the honesty of two people who are who are married and uh live a somewhat extraordinary uh, like life like that's kind of 50 percent in the public eye and uh well as public as kind of like a youtube audience gets and what that means and how that affects them and and everything else and yeah like i say there's there's bits about it i love and there's bits about it i don't um but i think that's what makes it interesting for me caitlin what what did you think so this is uh, my first exposure to this podcast. And in fact, whenever I first read the recommendation that you gave, um, I didn't. I, I saw couples therapy and I was like, oh, it's couples therapy with my friends, Naomi and Andy. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is a different podcast called Couples Therapy. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I was like confused for a second um, because, um, yeah, there's a there's a part. I don't know if there's like sort of a subtitle. I think it might just be called. Uh, couples therapy but my friends uh naomi perrigan and andy beckerman have a new podcast called this so uh, after i after i got over that confusion (laughs) and listened to to the episode so i and this is again the only episode of it that i've listened to so and and i believe it's the first one if i'm not mistaken that's correct yeah okay so I feel like because the first episode of anything is usually not the best episode of that thing, um, I feel like they were still maybe trying to like figure out their f- footing yeah. mm-hmm. and figure out exactly what the objective of this podcast was. And they kind of come to that conclusion toward the end where they're like, oh, this is an opportunity for largely 
Candace to participate in a conversation with her husband, Casey, whereby she's doesn't isn't just like kind of the woman in the background of his videos and it gives them an opportunity i didn't realize like because they don't get to that till the end i was like so wait what are they what's their objective or like why (laughs) are they doing this so i was kind of i didn't find the conversation hard to follow by any stretch but i was like i was like kind of longing for more of a sense of okay well why why you two like why or why is your relationship interesting or why do we want to hear about this and Mm. i think also that's probably just because you know first episode they didn't maybe they're like not quite on you know the track they want to be on yet or whatever but um for me i think for a podcast for like sort of a self-indulgent podcast like this is and like my recommendation was with uh why won't you date me i don't i feel like there needs to be sort of a balance stricken of either being like so funny that you can't not listen or kind of more relatable and or touching on subjects that are kind of more universal and i think i think that because they were talking about things so specific to their relationship that i had a hard time kind of like relating or Mm -hmm. getting that emotionally invested in what they were talking about because they were talking about like her company and and i guess you could you know find a more universal appeal to that where it's like oh you know maybe he doesn't appreciate the work i do or you know we have you know conflicts in our sort of professional lives kind of things but um i don't know i felt like I don't know. I I didn't dislike it by any stretch, but um, I was like, I just, I think I had a little difficult time um, finding it super engaging sure. and like finding, I, yeah, I just, I kind of, yeah, I had difficulty sort of like emotionally investing in their sort of struggles, but I, I feel like I should chalk that up to it being the first episode. So yeah, that was kind of my main take on it. Well, that is totally fair enough. I think I have messed up royally by giving up on the first episode to listen to and not one of the later ones where more interesting stuff happens. Like they, they'd start taking listener questions and sometimes those are uh, oh. quite broad and, and, uh, and sometimes they're super deep and that they're, they're, you know, about really serious stuff. And, and it gets really mm-hmm. interesting because it, they bring in their own experiences and their advice and stuff like that. Um, so... I think I gave you the wrong episode, but that's that's my fault. Um, <laughs> and it's really interesting no, that you, you point this out because it makes me re- remember that I am really, you know, I've spent like three years watching Casey's videos. And so I forget that, like, I probably know stuff about these people that not everyone knows. And like, looking back at my little recommendation in the document, I didn't even mention that he does YouTube. It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, in that sense, I, I have done a very bad job of this. And I <laughs> hold my hands up. Jack, uh, if you can redeem me in any way, please do. And if you want to continue to justify why I'm so bad at this, please no. also do. Well, they do a really good episode where they talk about slow art, um, which I've been really enjoying. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so, I've had limited exposure to Casey Neistat and that exposure has come through you, Freddie. And I, uh, on the basis of what I've seen of him, I just don't get on with him in the sense that what I've seen, I think uh, also probably worth saying that the world of vloggers and people basically uploading content that is just their lives, I haven't found a way to click with. It doesn't appeal to me. And in fact, I also worry a little bit in terms of where I'm currently heading with my relationship with technology it feels very symptomatic of trying to basically exhibition and uh, put your experiences out into the world instead of actually engaging with them which I personally just from what I'm doing at the moment I, I find troubling and I, I it's not something that I really want to entertain right now I'd rather if, if people are into it then it's absolutely fine but yeah I just it, he he doesn't appeal to me and I think that what one thing that you mentioned Caitlin was uh you were like why this couple and I think that's where I get stuck as well and when I've seen Casey's videos and I did try to watch a, a few more today to try and get a, a handle on the man and I uh just 
I couldn't find one where I was like, oh, this is his thing. This is why I'm invested in this person. And I guess it's a thing of you're invested because you're invested. I don't think, oh, Freddie, in fact, why don't bring in a person who can probably answer that very question? Is it just because you're invested that you're invested? That, well, you know, is there anything about Casey himself that's... Yeah, I think you guys have just popped my filter bubble big time, and that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think I think it is. I think I think um, there's a few people that I know who watch Casey's videos and, and and stuff like that. And and when I've spoken to them about the podcast, they've been really into it. And I've kind of realised now that the reason I like it and the reason these people like it is because there's a, there's an investment there that goes beyond the podcast itself. They're, they're Casey followers, uh, yeah. So and you know they they talked about the fact that. What I did find interesting is hearing the perspective of Candice when the camera was brought into the home and she talked about him as maybe being, I think she used the word egomaniacal, mm-hmm. which that's what I worry about. And I did find that a lot of the discussion in this podcast, it kind of brought her in, but it was for her opinion on what she makes of the Casey Enterprise and and w- what her role is within Casey's world. And it just didn't, click with me i didn't like that at all <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, yeah i i do think it, i'll chalk it down to the fact that i don't have this pre-existing investment in casey i know i've said that already and so i'm sure there's many people for whom this guy is already interesting and they i guess when you're let into someone's life like that and um, to that extent over a period of three years you almost have an investment to the extent that you would do friends where it's just like it's cool to hear what he's up to I didn't have that, so I just found it a lot mm-hmm. of ego, really. But yeah, I, I don't know how to round off that little stream of thoughts. But um. <laughs> well, one of the things that whenever they started touching on something that I thought would have made for a really interesting discussion between mm. the two of them and would have been more kind of universally appealing for really anyone who's ever been in any sort of relationship, whether it's a romantic one or a platonic one or just a familial one. Mm -hmm. But um, she starts to talk about, and I don't know if she uses this language, but she's basically talking about the emotional labor that she has to put in to deal with raising their kid together, to deal with him and his sort of, you know, situation. Uh, And she's also managing two brands. She's running her own company. And she's talking about, like, all this emotional labor that, she's investing which the way she says it makes it seem like he is not putting in the same amount of emotional labor yes as she is and how she's kind of resentful of that but then that conversation quickly turns to something else and then they don't touch on it anymore and i was like oh that would have been because if it's a podcast about you know a couple and their problems and things like that i was like oh that would have been a great conversation to have where you know she's putting in so much more emotional labor the resentment that she feels based on that you know how she wishes he would do more you know whatever the conversation would have been but because it doesn't pay off or unfold any further i was like oh man i wanted to hear more about that yeah yeah i um thanks guys this is some perspective that i i didn't have up until this very moment and it's it's really lovely to to get that from both of you actually because uh i feel like i'm i've gone down i've got like casey and candace tunnel vision and if you're a fan of both of them and their work or either of them and their work you, you probably love the podcast but if you haven't heard of them then maybe it'll be harder to get into as has been evidenced by this conversation beautiful um, well i'm also you can always count on me f- to be a sourpuss who is overly critical of everything so <laughs> wait we accept uh, the whole spectrum of opinions here on episode party um so we welcome you know i think uh, also freddie and i can often be quite you know we're rubbish at criticizing things and get a bit stumbly <laughs> and mumbly so <laughs> yeah, someone who's adept in the art of taking things down in a fluid way is, is absolutely always welcome but I mean, Yay. <laughs> I mean, let's talk a po- about a podcast that I am thoroughly a fan of, which is uh, the Beckdale cast, which uh, I've been listening to for a little while now, and I think is amazing. It's, I, I mean, opened Thank my you. eyes to a lot. I wanted to ask, as a first off, how it all got started. What was the origins of the Beckdale cast? So I, I do stand up. I'm a comedian. I've been doing that for quite a few years now. And I moved to L.A. probably 
pretty close to four years ago. And I was like, oh, I need I need a way to like expand my brand. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I should start a podcast. And I have expertise in pretty much only one thing. And that is movies, um, to the extent where I have two degrees in film, a bachelor's and then a master's in screenwriting. Um, so I was like, okay, I don't feel like I have the authority to talk about anything except for movies. So, okay, I'll start a movie podcast. And then I was like, okay, well, there's already a ton of those. How can I approach this from a different um, point of view that hasn't quite been explored that much yet? And then I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm a, a militant feminist. Um, <laughs> why don't I look at movies from a feminist perspective and examine how movies tend to treat their female characters because I had kind of been blinded to how badly movies treat women because it's just been also normalized to have women basically be one-dimensional characters who are only there to be the object of the male hero's affection and sexual desire and to be objectified and all that. Mm. But because that's what so much of so many movies are, I was like, yeah, this is just, this is normal. Everything's fine. And then like the second I started looking at it through a different lens, I was like, oh no, movies are terrible. <laughs> the thing that I love so much is the worst thing in the world. So I, <laughs> so I basically, I, I got the idea that way. And then also the podcast is a way for me to like kind of reconcile all the movies that I love so much that do treat women pretty badly like you know indiana jones and the last crusade is one of my favorite movies of all time and that whole franchise is horrible to women the older star wars movies are horrible to win like mm. it's just it, they're all just bad so i was like oh no how can i still love these movies and but also like acknowledge that their treatment of women is not good so I feel like, I was like, if I talk about it and acknowledge it, then that makes it okay for me to still love them. <laughs> um, so that was also part of it. But basically, I uh, approached my friend Jamie and was like, hey, do you want to start this podcast with me? And she was like, all for it. Uh, and then we started recording and putting out episodes. And that's pretty much, the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, I mean, how regular of an occurrence is it that you go back and watch a film and go oh no because i for example i mean this happens all the time to me where i said uh, to my wife we're at the airport we had like three hours to spare i was like hey the new incredibles is out soon let's watch the original and then we did mm -hmm. and she was like oh so basically <laughs> she's just a stay-at-home mom for the whole thing and asks basically asks for permission to be incredible does she is that how this works i was like oh i yeah. do you know what i completely forgotten about all of this does this happen where you go back and watch a film and you're like oh no what oh yeah <laughs> all, the, all the time because it's only been in the past i don't know three months that movies started to pay attention to like how big of an epidemic this is mm. and even still most of them aren't but yeah until very recently I feel like most filmmakers were making no effort whatsoever to depict and represent women in a positive way and in an empowering way and in an inclusive way and in a diverse way. So you go back and watch basically any movie from before this date uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh, uh, there's only one female character she's most likely white she's most likely hetero she is hardly contributing to the story she's only there to be you know the love interest of the male hero and this is describing so many movies and and you because like i said it's because that's so kind of ubiquitous throughout you know entertainment and media we've been conditioned to think that's normal mm. and then whenever we f like go back and revisit these movies and you know these tv shows and any entertainment video games i mean it's 
the whole spectrum of entertainment this is a problem mm. um but when we go back and we're like and we look at it through a, a new lens we call it the Bechtel lens um on the, on the podcast <laughs> but you're like oh no like the my favorite you know my favorite movie for a long time has been back to the future and then when we did an episode on that i was like oh like lorraine is just like kind of uh, like stalking and (laughs) just like it's this like sex crazed teen who like has no characterization outside of that and she gets assaulted on multiple occasions she has to be saved on multiple occasions and it just like does nothing to empower women and i was like oh no my favorite movie's horrible Yeah. So it's it hurts my feelings sometimes <laughs> when I realize that something I loved is not good. So I'm kind of like I'm I've been reshifting like remaking my favorite movies list to like make sure it's more empowering and inclusive and has more movies that are better to women on it and I'm kind of like not not saying goodbye to those older movies that I loved, but distancing myself from them a little bit. I think when it comes to childhood films as well, when mm-hmm. th- those ties are so deep. I mean, I think the first episode I listened to of your podcast was the Shrek one, which <laughs> I watched when I was like uh-huh. 10 years old. And I was like, this is a lovely film. I'm, you know, I'm 10 years old. There's absolutely mm-hmm. just, just gumdrops and beauty. And then to realize that that was an undercurrent throughout that film you know to my 10 year old Mm -hmm. self it's quite chilling really to (laughs) contemplate you know yeah yeah sorry yeah (laughs) sorry you ruined everything for you (laughs) um i mean you mentioned as well that you're a a stand-up comedian i mean Mm -hmm. one thing that really fascinates me and one question i want to ask you is because i I watched some videos of your stand-up where you like come out on stage and i always i'm fascinated by comedians when they come out and do the first joke because you know it's definitely not something within my arsenal to basically just make a room erupt in laughter from a state of you know applause and kind of i guess neutrality from the off sure yeah how on earth do you go about constructing a first joke that makes that atmospheric (laughs) switch um it's certainly not an easy thing to accomplish so i am a hero uh no i (laughs) the shorter the joke probably the better um the the you know the quicker you can get to that first laugh is good so you want to try to make that first joke as short as possible and i write a lot of one-liners anyway so like that's kind of my go-to so i usually will just pick the kind of quickest one-liner i have that's also serves as a great introduction for sort of who i am as my kind of comedic persona on stage which is not too far off from who i am in real life but so for example the joke that i've been opening with is i just go out on stage and i say um oh um this is exciting my new boyfriend is here tonight and then everyone kind of you know like claps and cheers because they're happy for me and I they think I have a boyfriend and then I kind of I close my eyes and I sort of gesture outward and I say I can feel it uh, <laughs> as if to say my new boyfriend is here my future boyfriend is here so and then that gets you know of course they're not expecting that uh, you know because I'm whatever subverting their expectations and then they laugh and then so then they know okay she's single she's apparently looking for a boyfriend (laughs) and because it wasn't what they're expecting they laugh so it's quick it's it's a way to sort of like introduce so but it's you know that kind of it's hard (laughs) basically to kind of figure out okay like i have to accomplish all these things so to answer your question i don't know how to do it basically (laughs) i just like pick something that i and then i try out different things and then when it seems to work consistently i stick with it but i would say the main thing is to kind of pick the shortest joke you have that also sort of serves as kind of an introductory thing to what you're going to be all about and for those you know five ten however many minutes 
Every time um, we, we have a comedian on the show, Jack asks questions about comedy, and I can't help but feel like he's <laughs> planning some kind of unexpected career change, and <laughs> I'm partly excited and partly terrified for the result. Well, uh, it's a it's a terrible life, and um, <laughs> it's hard, but it's also great. So I don't know if you want to try it. If you want to do it, do it. Hey, <laughs> by I, all means. Yeah, the closest I got was my uh, my groom speech a few months ago, and I thought I'll plant a few jokes in into that mm-hmm. thought i got some really roaring laughs and then people went oh your s- speech was uh really great it was very somber though you went for the sort of you know sappy sort of straight face route i was like oh, <laughs> damn it. so didn't quite nail it but i gotta be honest i didn't notice mm-hmm. any jokes in the speech oh my god <laughs> okay well uh, okay a lot to work on there but obviously this research that i've conducted today has been uh, mighty helpful so um caitlin <laughs> for your comedic expertise and also your podcast opinions thank you so much indeed for for joining us today it's been great to have you thank you for having me i've had a great time and if people want to see what you're up to online and uh, check out the beckdale cast as well uh, whereabouts should they go uh, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, the like, at Caitlin Durante. That's Caitlin spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And you can go to CaitlinDurante.com for in case, you know, you happen to live in Los Angeles or any other places that I do stand-up shows. Uh, I list my show dates there. And you can listen to the Bechtel cast. Um, Go to BechtelCast.com for episodes or, you know, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. You can follow us at BechtelCast and that is spelled B-E-C-H-D-E-L. And uh, yeah, check us out. We'd love to have you listen. Amazing. I'm just about to check out the School of Rock one on my way home, actually, which mm. uh, I'm <laughs> very intrigued That's a fun about. One. Um, yeah <laughs> freddie whereabouts can people find us online? uh yeah we we are at episode underscore party on twitter uh www.episode.party on the internet um and we are on your podcast app that you're listening to us on right now so you're already subscribed to us so please 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 go and do check out the bechdar cast because it's great caitlin thank you. thank you so much once again uh it's been a real pleasure and um, thank you thanks for your opinions and your criticisms <laughs> and your comedy advice for jack anytime awesome i've been freddie harrison i've been jack tutor and we'll see you next time goodbye bye bye hi it's jack again thank you so much for listening to episode party if you've been enjoying the show please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye.